Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is the beekeeper who protects this hive, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I just want to be Jason Statham when I grow up. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Who doesn't? Outside of, like, he's the guy who's making me semi-cool with losing my hair. That's the only guy. Yeah, because I was like, all right, maybe if I just get in real good shape and beat up a you know, whale or a dolphin, what, <laughs> you know, some kind of aquatic animal, um, I'm, I'm in. You know, I'll get all the chicks right then. So that'll work out for me. Uh, good to see you as always. And today we have a special episode because we are doing the movie draft for the year that just passed, 2023. Uh, and we're doing it with a special guest, our buddies. Robert Stewart, a.k.a. Stu, from SWO Productions, Stu World Order Podcast, at SWO Productions on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Stu, how are you, sir? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me on. I love doing drafts, and this was this was a big year for me. This was the year where my quasi-New Year's movie revolu- resolution was to watch at least 100 movies that came out over the course of the year. So I had 115 by the end of the year. Sweet. I had a lot of things to put on my draft pool here to figure out what I'm going to take. Yeah, and I, I keep up with that when you kind of like post all the time about your numbers, what you're watching. All your rankings, uh, you know, a lot of your letterbox last four conversations and things like that, which, you know, uh, trademarks do. Like, we ha- we're we called Recent Activity because it says it right there. <laughs> so at least, like, crop that part out of the box. Crop that if part you out. Yeah. Or give credit. Give credit. Yeah, exactly. Attribution is always nice. And so <laughs> we're in that same boat. We have that arbitrary number that we try to hit, which is 130 for Ooh. this year, which nice, uh, I'm over now because there's movies that have now come around our area in 2024 that were 2023 releases. So I think I'm probably, you know, 133, 134. I haven't even looked because once you hit the number, it's all gravy. Like the, yep. I already get my watch sent to me from uh, Letterboxd <laughs> or whatever, how that works. Um, so I'm in good shape. But I'm excited for this one. We expanded the draft. For anyone who's heard our draft episodes in the past, we typically do much older years, something 20, 25, 30 years old, and we'll do five different categories. So those five categories are still in play, even though one of the categories is usually Oscar nominee. We've now changed that to awards season nominee. Um, So that includes stuff that was just on the Critics' Choice Awards that happened last night, uh, the Golden Globes, uh, the nominations that came out for SAG, DGA, PGA, things of that nature. So anything that's kind of been in the awards season conversation is up for grabs. Uh, we also added categories this year uh, outside of our usual, which for people who are just coming to us, Blockbuster, uh, which is anything above $100 million domestic. Like I said, the awards nom. We usually have horror, sci-fi, and comedy, as well as a wild card. We also added this year streaming original movie, uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm, as a person who covers Netflix extensively, uh, I will be saying that anything that is considered a Netflix original, even though it had a theatrical distribution, counts. Uh, So if anyone was on the edge of you guys, uh, you know, you know where that goes. And we also have... 
our animated slash comic book, which I feel like I had to put together, especially because comic book movies have been trash this year. Trash. So this will be an interesting fight, uh, I think, in that category. So I'm excited. You guys excited to get this going here? Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Let's Uh, do it. We, I did an, a randomizer before we all came on. The order is Stu first, myself second, and Shane is on the turn Damn. to start. So, yeah, I got the shit spot. But I always like to wrap around. <clears throat> I feel like Stu is a real wild card because, like, it, you know, Stu, if you listen to us regularly, you kind of probably know movies that we like this year, things like that, because we repeat ourselves nonstop because we're <laughs> hacks. Um, <laughs> But uh, obviously, you're a wild card where, you know, uh, we I try to keep up with your your taste and what you like, but I don't know exactly how you've ranked things over over the while. I'm curious to see, especially your animated picks, if you end up getting one of those at a comic book, because I know uh, you probably watch as much or more of those than I do. Oh, at least. Yeah. I've seen all the comic book movies that came out this year. I've seen a bunch of animated films. So I got a, I got a stacked little lineup for that. Yeah. 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 We brought on the guy who watches a ton of animated movies and also hosts a comic book movie podcast. So, you know, the ringer is in on that one. <laughs> and of course you got first pick. So lucky you, uh, you want to kick us off here, Stu, what is your first pick? In the 2023 movie draft. So my first pick was basically, it was down to a two horse race whenever I was considering the draft. If I went first or second, which would I take? And I'm going in the category that I think has the most crossover into other categories. So I think it'll be the hardest one to fill out by the end because things are going to get taken in other categories for this. I think I know what you're uh, doing. for my first pick, I've got no choice. I have to go, uh, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world in the blockbuster category. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Wow. I did not see that coming. Honestly, I, I uh, well, we'll probably get to it once somebody picks it. But <laughs> yeah, there, there are certain categories that are a little weaker. Uh-huh. Um, and it's interesting you picked that in blockbuster, too. I, you know, it could obviously go in multiple categories. Yeah, obviously a huge... Huge movie this year, made a truckload of money, yeah, and and is you know doing okay in the award season. Like nomination wise, they're doing very well. They seem to win like one something of the night. So best original song, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's maybe where it comes down to. Uh, there's also shenanigans about whether they're an original or adapted screenplay, right, and, and yeah. that's been interesting to watch. So. We'll see, but uh, what did you like about Barbie? Like, because uh, I think Shane and I we're we liked it, but I don't think it's like maybe a top twenty-five movie for us. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was a big well, fan speak of for it. Yourself. I, I am speaking for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I know my wife loved it. My wife, as as somebody who is a feminist, went into it and came out of it and just loved the message to it, loved America Ferreira's speech about yeah, what it's like to be a woman in America. I think it's probably one of her three favorite movies of all time with Clueless and Forrest Gump. Oh, so, interesting. Interesting yeah, collection there. She loves Forrest yeah. Gump. I don't yeah. know what to tell you about that. But... I, I just thought it was really funny. I thought Margot Robbie was perfect casting. I thought Ryan Gosling was hilarious in it. Yeah. And I mean, it it just made all the money. So absolutely, it was my number one pick in the blockbuster category. And everything else I have in the blockbuster category could fit other places. So if right. I can't get them in blockbuster, I can still look to get them other places. So absolutely. that's what I was trying to get was something that... 
if I don't get it here, I could get it somewhere else. Smart. And Barbie I... seemed like the biggest money maker. People like it. People are still cheering for it in awards season. Yeah. It may come up in best picture for the Oscars. We'll see. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I just thought, yeah, Barbie got to go with Barbie. You are like the Bill Belichick already, like thinking almost like you're trading yeah. down versus like <laughs> yes. in your own head versus like going for your number one overall. Yeah, no, this so. is not my number one movie of the year. It's not. It oh. is in my top five, but it wasn't my number one. I think it was mm. number four. So I had to skip a few things to get this one where I thought I needed to get it in the draft. Gotcha. All right. Well, I am up next. And uh, as opposed to what Stu was just doing, I believe I am going to go with my heart and my number one uh, for the year, which is Oppenheimer. Um, that was my, when I said it was a two horse race, that was my second horse. Yep. Yeah. Obviously those two of me, uh, they combined them. They came out around the same time. It was the Barbenheimer thing, which by the way, I think by probably with sometime within the next few months, I will be buying one of the Barbenheimer crossover shirts that I keep seeing on Etsy because they're uh -huh. just way too good. So uh, check out those if you're interested. But yeah, Oppenheimer, so good. One of the one of the deepest casts I've seen in a long time. Just you know, all star guys who are like tenth or twelfth on the call sheet in this movie. On top of the you know the nuclear test was one of the best experiences I, I saw it in IMAX. It just blew me away. Nolan's amazing and i think he used his particular style to really make this movie sing because he likes doing that kind of drummed up paced montage to get you all the way up through the nuclear test and there's probably like a you know 30 to 45 minute stretch of this movie that's just unbelievably good um some people will be on the fence about the ending i'm not one of those people i think it actually enriched the movie like the after test third act kind of thing i liked it a lot so I'm going to go with my heart. Easy number one. Uh, so I will put this. I believe it's probably eligible in multiple, but I will put this in Blockbuster as well. Oh, okay. Shame. Where are you at, buddy? What? You, what? You, you got the you got two picks. You lucky <laughs> devil. Do. So, so you good know job. what? I'll, I'll just round out the whole Blockbuster category. We'll just get that off the board, Alex. <laughs> okay. And this just show you exactly where I'm at, what kind of movie guy I am. My Blockbuster came down to two movies, but the ultimate one I decided because it's in my top five for the year, in my top three for the year. And that is John Wick 4. There you go. Best That's James by, Hart. Yeah, hands down, best action film of the year. Probably best action film in the last decade, right? It's one of those yeah. franchises. Yeah, it had its lull in the third John Wick. And I had issues with Ruby Rose in, in the second John Wick. Sure. But man, to, to keep it, to me, this is the best John Wick of the series based just on the action sequences. Oh, yeah. And who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? So for a franchise to be four films in about a you know about this particular character and his work, I just love the CD underworld. I, I love everything, the mythos, this 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 whole thing set up. So for me to keep a series going strong and even better than the original is just hats off to that franchise. And I'll take eight more John Wicks because these movies make my pants very tight and I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. So John Wick rounds out the blockbuster category for me. You know what's funny is I really liked John Wick 2 and John Wick 3. They're but not then bad. John Wick 4 comes out and it retroactively makes 2 and 3 seem like crap because <laughs> yeah. 4 was yeah. so good. Absolutely. Yeah, 3 uh you know, I'm glad they made 4 because the ending of 3 was not satisfactory enough for me to see this series end and yeah, you're right. 
four makes you go back and go, God, what were what were they waiting for? What this wasn't in the bag the whole time. And if this is the end of the series, I'm fully content. Um, even though I do yeah. love them, it would be heartbreaking to not have to keep doing this every couple of years. But yeah, I, I agree with Shana. It that was a tough one to obviously overlook. Uh, as far as like the, the early picks here. So it makes me sad that that's off the board. Shane, uh, what do you got next, buddy? So did uh, we I'm all go not... blockbuster, blockbuster, blockbuster? Yes, we did. We did. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yep. We made it a blockbuster guess... night. Uh, be kind, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> oh, I miss those nights. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm going, I'm skipping the horror uh, category here. And this, I thought was a pretty good year for horror films. Um, so I'm going probably with a film that a lot of people did not see because it's a foreign film. It's an Argentinian horror film that had a small run in the theater. We've discussed it on this podcast, Andrew, but it's been so long. Um, I should have rewatched it, but it is When Evil Lurks. You're doing it this early? If, yeah, I'm wow. doing it this early. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's some categories I just want to get off the board because I felt like they were either weak or... I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about them, if that makes sense, because I'm I'm geared up about other categories we got to talk tonight. So I just want to get this one off my board. Uh, yeah, the tone. Uh, Stu, have you seen this movie? I, You know what? I liked Terrified. I have not seen When Evil Lurks yet. It's one of those things like I keep meaning to get around to. It's on Shudder, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I keep meaning now. to get around to it, and I just haven't yet. I'll probably watch it this week. Okay, so for those who don't know, I'll just summarize the plot. It's a remote village. Two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the body only to unintentionally spread chaos. And that's pretty much the bulk of the movie. You got this thing that kind of follows people around. It jumps from body to body. But the pacing, the tone, just the acting actually is really good. It's so creepy and chilling at the same time. So for horror fans, again... People have probably not seen this because, again, it's foreign and it had a small release, but it is by far. And this was kind of a harder category to pick because you did have some good entries this year. But for me, I really like this because this came out of left field and I was on pins and needles. So when Evil Lurks knocks out my horror category. OK, Shane, I w- I'm willing to give you a mulligan if you want to. And I'm not saying this because when Evil Lurks is no good because we we both like the movie. It is horror sci-fi remember that it is okay. combined yep yeah, that's that's fine <clears throat> okay yep i saw that i'm oh. going with it though <laughs> okay <laughs> because i might pick something next that might break your heart then but no, i will it's okay because no. i i actually think i like the horror year there were a few that were deep but not like something elite well, um yeah so to me this category belonged more to the one sci-fi movie that i think you and i equally love a lot and i i think Stu at least liked i think i saw his rating at one point um i think it's a good time for it too so i'm going to use it now uh godzilla minus one in yeah. sci-fi uh i would take that sorry shane over when evil works uh you know by a long stretch this movie caught me off guard like i think you and i were literally sending like exclamation point exclamation point godzilla um, you know gif you know like back and forth all the time <laughs> while we're in the theater like ah how is this movie this good because i can't remember the last time that i loved a godzilla movie this much and you know we talked about it when it came out exceptional movie where it combines a lot of a lot of things we like it kind of feels you know it's we like the world war ii post-world war backdrop we liked the kind of almost 
Independence Day-esque, uh, Dunkirk-esque, like uh, Star Wars-esque kind of things where it's like this rallied around this community, you know, basically rebels fighting for the scraps that were left behind after the nuclear fallout of their their wars and and honestly it's 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 godzilla's not even in it a lot and it still works incredibly well it's got so much drama that you wouldn't expect and it's it's funny it's got like such heart and great characters this movie was a surprise i am glad to pick it here in the second round godzilla minus one in horror sci-fi you're uh, yeah, I am a I'm a big fan of Godzilla minus one. It was pretty much tied for first for me in the horror category. So right. I guess I'm stuck with my other one that I think is number one, and I'll sit on that. I don't need to take it because you guys have taken the other two horrors, so I'm not I'm not afraid of my other movie going anywhere. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, weird, right? It's kind of turning like we're almost doing the the like fantasy football draft where we're, there's like been a run on a quarterbacks run. and <laughs> now it's like now there's a run on kickers. So still yeah. do whatever you like, buddy. Yep. Uh, you know what? Here it is. Uh, I know you guys are struggling with the comic book and animation category. I'm going to take my number one movie of the year and set you guys up for a harder time the yeah. rest of the draft. Uh, I've got to take across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. That was my other right. thought, thought you, to do. Yeah. 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 But honestly, Shane. I think because you fucked me up, Shane. I think because you picked <laughs> horror sci-fi, I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to take this now so nobody does and then come back? Because yeah. I actually think it's a, a, a deeper animation year. So I think... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I might be happier or happy enough with some of these other ones, but absolutely, Shane, Spider-Verse is one of our favorite movies of the year, too. So speak on it, man. What do you like? Oh, I just thought it was incredible. I was surprised it took how ballsy the first Spider-Verse movie was with the animation style and everything they did, and they went even ballsier by having more animation styles in all the different multiverses that Miles went to, and it just had cluttered dialogue where these characters were talking over each other and the movie just expected you to keep up, and I was really surprised that with the risks it took, just knowing, like, if you make a fantastic movie, people are going to be with you for the ride no matter what you do, and I loved it. I, I, I'm waiting for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Right now, that's my thing. It's, you know, I just don't want anything bad to happen to me oh, until yeah. Beyond the Spider-Verse <laughs> comes out. Yes, we are talking for about years, the premeditated... For years, it was Endgame. <laughs> I just didn't want anything bad to happen to me until Endgame came out. Now it's Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yeah, this we were already talking off-air about the premeditated murder that we could do because <laughs> Stu has episodes ready to go until April, you said, or what have you. So, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, what are you talking about? Stu's just fine. He's not in my basement <laughs> just bleeding out. He's fine. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad you're going to make it at least, you know, hopefully till uh, 2025. That's a good good call. I am so (laughs) worried about when this is going to come out between. I know uh, the strike and all the animators and like special effects artists possibly striking or are striking or whatever. So there's a lot of issues with that. But yeah. Oh, my God. Love this movie. It was it was hard not to pick uh, and, and take it away from you guys, but you know I'm I'm fine where I am. I'm fine where okay. I am. Yeah, I was surprised this lasted to this point. <clears throat> I almost took this first, and then I realized Barbie was probably a better get at that point. So I'm surprised I still got it here, but I'm happy. Yeah, I told you, Shane fucked me up. Shane fucked me up. So <laughs> all part of the all part of the plan. Yeah, <laughs> at least I haven't picked a movie from 2022 or 2024 yet. So we're, we're good. It's, it's, st- it's still early yet, buddy. Still, still very early. early. Yeah, we're only through a couple categories, so I think that's good. Um, 
Let's see. So I am up again. Oh, no. You have two. I'm sorry. I I have two. Yes. See? There's the fuck up number one. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Keep with me, Stu. Uh, What do you got for round three? All right. So to kick off round three, this might be somewhat of a dark horse, but I know earlier in the year this came out, had a ton of award season buzz. It's still getting nominated for awards, even though it seems to have cooled off a bit. But you look on Letterboxd, you hear people talk about this movie. People still have this way up high in their ratings for the movie for this year. My awards contenders, my top two in that category were Oppenheimer and Barbie. They're both gone. So I'll go with my number three here. Like I said, maybe a Dark Horse pick, but I'm picking Past Lives. Fucker. I was literally going to pick that next, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the only one because I don't even think Shane's uh, seen it. So I haven't. He is Bill Belichick over there. I know. You devious bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, that it's a great pick. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies of the year. So what did you like about it? I thought it was, I, it's just a nice little low stakes interpersonal relationship story. I could have done with it maybe being a little bit more drama comedy than it was. It's more of a pure drama with just like a, a funny line here and there. Sure. Mostly I'm going this for the draft cash. Like, I think this is going to help me win the draft. Cause people, like I said, love this movie. I liked it. I liked it a great deal. I don't have it ranked nearly as high as most people do. Like it's in my top 25 for the year, oh. but I'm going on getting people on my side on this one. It is literally my number four. So uh, nice. yeah, See, you, you crushed me there, people- but. <laughs> yeah people love it yeah well yeah it's it's an absolute great pick and and celine's song especially for i believe it's her debut feature on top of it it's so impressive you know a, a very relatable movie a very grounded movie and it made me absolutely start loving greta lee even more yes uh, yeah. i like her in russian doll i've liked her in other things but this one really endeared me to her and showed me how great she could be especially as a lead in a movie so yeah this yeah all the acting in it is great but she outshines everybody by a mile like she is the shining star of this movie yeah it's weird it came out during sundance and a lot of there was a lot of buzz coming out of sundance but almost they almost undersold it and i think it's because Mm -hmm. it came out so early in the year and then it trickled out in terms of theatrical release that there was never this like aha collective like holy shit past lives moment so Hopefully this is it and and award season will do something for it because it absolutely deserves it. So great pick by you. Thank you. Uh, And that was an awards contender, right? Awards contender. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're good. Um, Gosh, all my next picks are like, can I break Shane? So um, (laughs) I'm very excited to do. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think because I got. It's almost going to look like I did this in the reverse, but Oppenheimer being in Blockbuster when it should be like kind of awardsy, I kind of love the fact that I can now put Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in awards contender just to kind of flip the script a little bit. Um, I'm going to put that here and I'm going to put that in awards contender uh, because it's it's getting obviously nominations for visual effects stuff it's getting nominated for yeah all the stuff that where they kind of discredit it as like just an action movie but it's like outside of probably the first few minutes which don't fully work it just is literally just setting up this ai uh this is one of the most fun movies to watch it's 
It's got incredible action. I mean, you know, I thought, you know, the, what is it, the Halo Jump or whatever, like uh, all the things that he's done in the Mission Impossible series that are unreal in terms of stunts, which uh, they're up for against John Wick 4, which God bless them. That's a that's a hell of a twosome uh, to <laughs> yeah, be fighting yeah. for, I believe. Uh, and wow, this movie, just the stunts of like, you know, flying off the edge of the cliff towards the train and everything. Else. Like there's, it's so good. The cast is so good. Um, the additions they made to the cast are so good. So this one, I want to rewatch it again to see kind of where it officially maybe lands at the end of the year. But for so long, because it came out, you know, it seems like forever ago. This movie is still landing in that top five, top ten of the year for me. And I, I'm shocked that it is, especially after all the award contenders kind of came through. Um, but it just sticks with well, you. It's a very good that's movie. The, that's the power of Tom Cruise, man. All yeah. hell Tom Cruise. That's what I that's my life's motto, man. You can't break Cruise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that would that would have been my second choice in Blockbuster, by the way. I had MI. Because again, it's one of those franchises outside the second damn entry that is on equal footing, if not greater than every entry into that series and they're on part nine or eight eight nine now so yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, let me ask you Shane, and, and if Stu, obviously if you have an opinion i'd love to hear it but there's been rumors that they kind of want to not call this even though they already did uh they called it dead reckoning part one and part two was supposed to come out on its heels that they're kind of thinking because this movie not bombed but like did underwhelming box office that they kind of want to rename whatever the second dead reckoning is and try to be like, this is a whole new thing. Don't worry about us, you know, and you continue the story, but try to fake like they're not just to try to get possibly more box office out of it. What do you think? Shay? Like, do you, do you like that idea? No, I don't like it. Just keep it dead reckoning part two. I think they're honestly, I don't think it has anything that their box office disappointment. And I just used air quotes. I don't know why, but yeah. uh, you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, if if Dan Barbieheimer didn't come out, this would have had way longer legs in the theater. I think the Barbieheimer just chopped their legs out from underneath them and they probably didn't expect that. I think it would have had a better just money run if those two movies were either spread out or if this came out earlier in the year and had more room where it didn't have anything to go against. Cause didn't Barbieheimer come out like three or four weeks after MI? It was, it was, it was very close. close. And on right. top of it, Shane, the one thing you haven't mentioned is that it, it got far less exposure in IMAX because they made the commitments to Oppenheimer and then Oppenheimer was so popular that they were like, well, there's no way we're going to take Oppenheimer right. IMAX screens so, away and put MI back in. Right. So, and my, that's my point. Like, I think it has some. I think it has to do with the competition, not necessarily the name of the of the film. But just keep it dead record in part two. We're gonna go see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's the franchise. It's like if they renamed, you know, Fast and the Furious, like whatever, just to be. Like, no, that crowd's gonna go because it's the eleventh movie coming up. I think they'll understand where where they're going and when to go. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Just name it whatever the hell you want it's called tom cruise mission impossible and ending the franchise probably and let's go so yep, damn right yeah uh so you're up buddy unless uh Stu, did you have an opinion on that as well 
I haven't seen it. It's one of the movies I didn't see. Oh, wow. I okay. actually, coming into this year, I'd only ever seen one Mission Impossible movie, and it was what? part two. Wow. Oh, oh, and that's the worst one. That's, that's what I hear. One. That's what I hear. But in the last week, I've watched part one and part three. I'm making my way through all the Mission Impossibles right now. So okay. I've seen part one, part three. I'm moving into all of them just now. Ugh. So I hear good things. It's just one of those things like it never really just entered my cultural bubble. So it's it, I'm just now getting to them. Okay. I hear you. I, I actually abandoned ship after how bad part two was for a while and had to come back. And then, you know, once it actually had like a real director, uh, sorry, John Woo, you fucked it <laughs> up. Um, but once it got into where we are now, where it's consistency in terms of Macquarie and crews and they know what they're doing and yeah. And, and they're unreal with the stunt work. So I'm, I'm, back in hardcore and this one didn't disappoint at all especially coming off what i think is the be their best movie in the franchise before it so that that is uh a great pick uh for me because i did it and uh that's what it <laughs> that, that was yeah. a great job by yeah, me. yeah it was a great job uh shane you're up buddy two picks yeah i know this is tough because uh it, 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 i feel like that like a you know nfl draft them a fantasy draft because yeah we took I'm all the tight ends <laughs> yeah i know i'm afraid to leave one hanging out there so one of you bastards won't take it but um god where would i want to go here i uh, uh i am gonna go with i'm gonna take the streaming original off Ooh. the table here Ooh. yeah oh no yeah and it's a netflix uh movie oh no again yes and that is uh david fincher's killer the killer with Ooh. yeah with michael one of my favorite actors on the planet and i always call him fossenbender i know it's yes. fossenbender but just let <laughs> yes. me have it exactly right <laughs> just a great character he just i think this is his best role in years and that's saying something right because there was a period where he just pumped out like he was in everything right he was like yeah. in everything then he kind of chilled out for a while but man what an in-depth look at his character and just I, I just love his story arc in here. Doesn't not a heavy dialogue, but just the way the cinematography it, It's David Fincher, man. And the scene that just locks it in for me is like the Tilda Swinton scene at the end oh, with him yeah. and her. I mean, whew, one of the best scenes of the year. And I love every second. And so I've heard some people say, well, this isn't like a typical David Fincher film. Whatever. It, it, it was a great film. I think it's the best Netflix film of the year best Fassbender performance in a very long time and to me it's very rewatchable I've already seen it like three times so um I know some people are kind of put off when they see it the first time because it, it the pacing it, it's kind of it kind of takes a little while to get there yeah but I sure. think I yeah I think after the opening scene it just it's off and running to me man like I I loved it so for me killer as my streaming uh, original for the year yeah, and I'll tell you, dude, it did two things. One, gave me so many options of how I'm going to uh, do the blueprint to murder Stu when he's uh, you know, on his little four-month sabbatical here. But uh, also, uh, <clears throat> you talked about how behind you were on Mission Impossible, Stu. I didn't listen to the Smiths much, and this movie made oh, me want okay. to listen to their entire freaking <laughs> discography for how much he loved the Smiths on top of everything mm -hmm. else. Uh, and in Shay, if we were doing like scenes of the year, that scene when he goes and has to like uh, into the drug dealer, like whatever the people put out the hit in Florida, the Florida yes. house job. Holy crap. 
that is one of my favorites uh, to rewatch because it's it's intense. You got the dog scenario. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so cheeky. There's like a bunch of one-liners in there that it's hilarious. And then like the action is all the stunt work is wild. Yeah, I gave you all the oh no's as you said this because this was my number one movie in the streaming original category. I really wanted to get this eventually, but you got it. No, it's a good movie. Yes. It's a really good movie. I was a big fan of this. I think it's it's right around my number 10 on the year. I was a big fan of this movie. It's like number 10, number 11 for me. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. At least I got to screw somebody up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> after Stu screwed us with two picks, so that's good. I'm with right. it. So you're right, back so around I guess, here, Shane. Yeah, I'm back around. I know. I'm just trying to like debate <laughs> in what category I should go to here. <sighs> Do I want? I almost want to knock animation comic book out because, but I, I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to go to American, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, awards contender, and it's a film I just saw, and I loved it, and that is American Fiction. We all just I, saw this. I'm excited. We all get to yes. have it fresh in our minds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Wright, just what a great performance, man. And this movie was not what I thought it was going to be. Because if you watch the, no, the trailer, trailer f- fucks you up. Yeah, sorry. I'll it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's OK. The trailer's like, oh, it's going to be a comedy, like a dark comedy. And that's what I went in there thinking until like the first scene happened or whatever. Early on, what happens to his sister and then the mom and then the brother. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. This thing is like layered with family issues. So it was more somber than I thought it was going to be in a lot of points because Jeffrey Wright as the uh, author monk, as his family calls him, like he's trying to whatever. Everyone knows the premise, right? So it's like all his issues from his dad and what happened there. Like it's a heavy movie. Yeah. And it it does layer the humor in there from time to time with like the one liners and like what Monk says like to his family. It's just I thought it was funny, but just as emotional in somber all like when the, i guess you call her the the maid asked him oh, that yeah. favor at the end of the movie that almost brought a tear to my eye yeah and when she hugged um uh strong k brown yeah 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 as the brother who has all these he was the funniest part of the movie to me like he yeah. he was hilarious but uh when she invited him and told him to stay for the the, the wedding right i about lost it man like it was so emotionally impactful but yet satirical and kind of gave you an input and look at like what the youth actually is into. I was thinking my kids with the stupid ass YouTube videos they watch and how dumb they are. <laughs> it kind of shines light. Like what, you know, what he did in this movie, like to, to, you know, sell or become an author, like a popular author. I, it, it has so many just different themes going on in this movie at one time. And they balanced everything perfectly. And again, the, the pacing was, I mean, this movie is great. I am so glad I finally got to see it, and uh, I highly recommend this film. You know, if I had to put it, it's in my top ten, but the the movie guy I am and my taste, it didn't make my top five. But it is like one of my favorite films of the year. Yeah, I had this at number eight. If anyone cares, uh, but yeah, th- it's it's incredible. And it, honestly, if I rewatch some of these other movies, it might actually go higher. Uh, quite frankly, because I agree with everything you said. I was most impressed with the pacing, the cast and the and the layered story because the trailer, those people should be beaten a little bit. I, although I don't know how they would be able to put everything that's in this movie into the trailer, but they really kind of made it reductive in terms of what the movie actually it's it's a part of it, but it's not everything. I thought this was going to be closer to like being ultra satirical like 
closer to Hollywood Shuffle. I thought this movie seemed like, oh, we've I've seen this before in some regard. And then you watch it, and it's like, absolutely not. It, it, it was so good, uh, layered, like you said, at the... Uh, yeah, I can't probably say any better than you, so I'll just shut up and move on. But like, <laughs> Stu, you just you just saw it too, and, and I, I I assume I think I saw you put a pretty high score, so I assume you were impressed as well. Yeah, I was a big fan of this, and you guys are talking about how if you ignore the trailer, this movie's not just a comedy; it's very much a drama comedy. But yeah. I'm going to focus on the fact that it's hilarious. I mean, it the is. stuff in this movie that's funny is uproariously oh, yeah. funny. My entire theater was laughing repeatedly at this movie and it's just it's the wit to it is so clever and i think my wife and i's best line is uh at the end of the movie when they're voting with the three other authors and it's the three white authors and the two black authors and the black authors are saying no we can't make this book the best book and the three white authors are like well we're going to because it's really important that we listen to black voices (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly yeah i love that line too and of course, uh, just shout out to Corey Jefferson, another person who's doing basically their first, you know, theatrical you know, debut feature, uh, a longtime uh, TV writer and creator that, uh, you know, has basically he's he's worked with a lot of great people over the years and a lot of people who are in the know saw this coming in terms of like how good he could be. But I think this is a name that now a lot of people are going to get to know and it's incredible and i i encourage people it's one of those i hate when the award season stuff gets dragged into 2024 and has these odd staged uh releases but i think it's wide enough now that people Mm -hmm. should have should have an availability to see it and if it's in your area please do so because a i don't know how long it will be in your area and b it's absolutely worth it's one of the best movies of the year so great job by you shane thanks bud um all right so i am up again hmm god i i feel like i'm gonna have to to rush stuff up again because i think i can get things later in the draft um hmm i am going to probably go ahead of again this isn't as high up in my movie rankings but again in terms of like category stuff and and therefore the actual uh, uh, drafting itself. I guess I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh. 3 in animated comic book. Uh, again, not a movie that was uh, in my, like, say, top 25 of the year or anything, but uh, a solid movie. And when you compare it against the field, especially of the comic book movie field, this is a miracle movie. Like, this is a movie um, that people seem to watch over and over the, like the box office for it was incredible. It was one of the biggest movies of the year, even though I feel like it didn't feel like that, you know, like your, your Oppenheimer's, your Barbies, like certain ones you'd be like, Oh, okay. But this movie, if I told you was what, I think three or four, like one of the biggest movies of the year, you'd be like, no, stop it. Disney died this year. Didn't they like that? You know, that's not true. Um, but this is a, a shining example of how comic book movies could be done and should be done um and it's all because james gunn and a consistent cast that he's had multiple times uh just went to work and they know what they are uh the the humor is still very much there even though this one was you know a lot more dramatic especially with the the rocket storyline and and all those animals um but 
the the big thing is most of these movies and Stu, you could probably attest most of these movies the villain absolutely sucks um even on good movies especially even in the guardian series this was probably one of their best villains if not the the best villain you know outside of obviously whatever entanglements they had with thanos but you know this is a a a well-done movie with a good villain a lot of humor i enjoyed myself but yeah it's amazing how much better it is than the rest of the field. I don't think I wrote down in my short list any other comic book movie for sure. And even still compared to like some of the other animated options, I think this fits right in there as probably the best left in that category. Uh, yeah, Stu, what do you think? You're, you're the comic book guy, of course. You come in with a villain who abuses animals and everyone's like, oh, I kill that guy. Yeah, it's the John Wick <laughs> thing. Have, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, you could you could have a villain who comes on and kills babies and we'd be all like, eh, it was kind of a weak villain. But you have somebody who abuses animals and we're like, he was the worst villain. Yeah. I couldn't stand him. No, I had this as my number two movie of the year. If it came back to me on the turn, I was taking it for my wild card. Uh, I love this movie. I think it... Uh, if you're a DC fan after a solid decade of just having so much strife and so much not knowing what the hell's going on, you've got to feel so good knowing that you have James Gunn coming in who's going to fix all your shit and hopefully make stuff that's as good as this, as yeah. good as The Suicide Squad, as good as Peacemaker all was. Yeah. Like, you've got to feel good. Like, James Gunn knows what he's doing. And yeah, it was definitely the best Marvel movie of the year. It was definitely, aside from, to me, across the Spider-Verse, the best comic book movie of the year. For sure. And and to me, I guess my only fear with the James Gunn stuff is spreading him too thin and not putting him to where he should be. He's a really good director. And yeah. he gets the best out of his cast. He knows just where to, to put people. He knows exactly what storylines to pluck out. So he has great taste. Um, so I'm hoping that he uh he continues to make good movies and lord knows i haven't liked a superman movie in quite some time so the fact that he's starting with that i'm interested into where he's going to go with that exactly i thought the casting was interesting i'll have to see it you know in motion Mm -hmm. but uh yeah uh i'm 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 a big believer in him so i can't complain too much um so you have an two picks now we're back on I the do. turn here so blow us away Stu. P- pick out that movie that i was just about to pick go ahead i i may we'll see how it goes has anybody picked anything from comedy yet no no all right that's what well, i thought to... shane was gonna do with american fiction i, I thought you were went. gonna put I, in comedy i almost went yeah all right well i am going to take current best actor front runner uh the holdovers with paul giamatti yeah I was I was thinking about putting that too. It was because the comedy one, it's either you go awardsy drama like dramedy kind of a mm-hmm. thing and put it in the comedy category, or there is an actual like comedy comedy or, or two that are are good. So it's a it's a good pick by you though. What'd you like about it? Oh, it's just a great movie. It's again, I'm talking about past lives and how you have these low stakes interpersonal relationships things and Dominic Sessa in his first ever acting career. It's just like, oh, you're going to be in pretty much every scene with acting legend Paul Giamatti. Yeah. And this kid just hangs in there with him and he gives as good as he gets. And he's he's just a revelation in this movie, just acting aside this legendary actor. And they do such a good job. And 
It doesn't feel anywhere near as long as it is. It's just a breeze to watch and everything about it is so charming. And well, I mean, what's the worst thing you can say about this movie? You spend too much time staring at Paul Giamatti's eye <laughs> yes. trying to figure out which one is the lazy eye. And they even make a joke about it. Yeah. After yeah. All the time. yeah. 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 Oh, I just, I, I, I love this movie. I adored this movie. I think of everything I've seen so far in 2024, I've seen about, 15 movies so far this year and this was the first one i think i think this is my favorite that i've seen wow yeah and and sessa on top of like he was just a prep school he's a prep school kid Mm -hmm. that happened to be in the area like that is a huge flex uh for that to actually work on top of you know divine joy randolph seems to be sweeping here in terms of best supporting actress and well-deserved that storyline is probably some of the best stuff in that movie and the most genuine uh, heartbreaking stuff in that movie. And it's a movie that I thought got better as it went along. Mm -hmm. It kind of gave you, you know, that traditional kind of uh, buttoned up uh, ending a little bit in terms of how it wrapped up, but it's, it's still an endearing emotional, you know, and rewarding ending. So you can't complain about it whatsoever. And it, it, it harks you back to like old, like John Cassavetes, like these seventies movies, like it's kind of uh, a Harold and Maude ish, like, or, or, but like, and makes you remind of other prep school films that you like to. So there's a lot to love in there. And Giamatti shout out to uh Connecticut's own, uh, Paul Giamatti, yeah, uh, you know New Haven. He's been all over the place saying uh, how he can't have certain like of the pizza joints. Like he was not allowed as a kid to in- <laughs> have like there's big three in New Haven, and he wasn't allowed to like have <laughs> anything besides Pepe's. I think he said. Yeah. So and Sally's was on the same street, and he couldn't even have it. So poor bastard. But uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure he's a grown man. Maybe he's had it since. But uh, yeah. Good on him. I always loved him, and he's great in this. Yeah. This was this. I'll make it short. This ended up number seven on my year end list. It just, I loved it because I recently talked about this and I recently watched it because it got to the, to the cock. So yeah. I, I was able to, to stream it. And yeah, you know, I love Paul Giamatti, and this is a sneaky, like, again, it's not even sneaky. I could watch this every Christmas. I could watch this every holiday, and I think that's yeah. what I'm going to do because it is a, not out in your face Christmas movie, but it's a holiday movie and just great performances. And you guys said everything. So I'm not going to add to it, but yeah, great movie. Yeah, definitely good call, Stu. What do you got for your next pick, bud? Starting, uh, uh, what are we in the fifth round now? We're in the fifth round. I still have horror, sci-fi, streaming original and wild card to go. I, I feel secure with streaming original. I don't think either of you guys are going to take my number two. Maybe we'll see, but I don't think so. I'm going to go. I'm going to go sneak over to horror and grab the movie I had tied with Godzilla minus one. I'm going to take evil dead rise. Oh, okay. Owner of one of the greatest title cards in a movie of all time. where The (laughs) Mm -hmm. the letters come up with the girl floating over the lake. This was, I I wasn't a huge fan of evil dead 2013. I think I missed the comedic elements from the original evil dead and even the ash versus the evil dead franchise. And whereas this is also not particularly funny, 
it felt a bit more evil dead to me than that one did. Like it had some elements whenever you get to the end and the girls doing the callbacks to, you know, come get some and I'll swallow your soul and everything. It's sure. It's incredibly gruesome, incredibly vulgar. It's just everything an evil dead movie should be. And I don't know. I guess my only real problem with it is it's, you know, it's kind of like the scream six thing where they said like, we're going to put it in a city. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't do enough with it. They just kind of put it up on the top of a, a skyscraper and said, like, well, that's it. We're just leaving you up there. And sure. we're not going to play with being in the city at all. But the acting was great. I liked the kids. I liked the two sisters and their dynamic. It just, yeah, gore and, and vulgarity and brutality. It was, you know, a lot of fun for a horror movie. It's everything a Sam Raimi horror movie should be. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better ones of the year. Uh, I I didn't think this year was spectacular, but it has like at least like mm -hmm. four or five deep of quality ones, and this one is one of them. Yeah, I I thought it lacked a little momentum, especially for being such a claustrophobic setting. You know, by the end you're like good, but you're also like, all right, whew, that could have ended <laughs> like twenty minutes ago, and I'd still be good. So <laughs> it, it just it, it the plot stuff again. I know with horror, everybody is gonna you know nitpick and and or some people are like why are you talking about plot it's a horror movie like we love the gore and whatever but yeah it's as close as they have in a while to getting this close to the bruce campbell stuff and and made it at least fun and watchable and all those things which is more than what i thought it was going to be going in so it was enough of a surprise there for sure shane do you like this one i i thought i you actually were... did not see this one. Oh, you didn't Okay, uh, I'm a. You know how much I love horror films. I just never got around to it. I think I was put off by the 2013 version. You know. Yeah. And then I I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, that looks okay, but it's on Max. I, I want to go back and watch it now, especially after Stu talked uh, so glowingly about it. It just never got me to hit the play button on it for some yeah. reason. Uh, yeah, you know. So it's another uh, one like 2013. If you're turning it on and you're expecting the silliness and the campiness, it's not there. But right. I think it does a better job than the 2013 movie by a mile. I like it, this one a lot more than that one. Okay. Well, based on that, I will give it a watch because as yeah, I'll give it a watch because right now I need things to watch. Surprisingly, so. Uh, that is yeah. weird. <laughs> it, is, it is strange. We so, watch yeah. so much, and yet you're like, oh, I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a problem. You're like a twin without Shane. his tablet. I, yeah, I, I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good good stuff so far, Stu. That was an uh, excellent turn for you. I am up in my pick for round five, and I'm getting a little, hmm, get a little froggy here. I don't know where I want to leap. Here's a question for the group, especially Shane. I know you've seen it. Stu, did you see Blackberry? No. No. All right. Would you think, Shane, is Blackberry a comedy? <clears throat> it's not fully staged as such, but it is it's kind not, of outlandish has, and very funny. It has a lot of comedic moments in it, especially performances in it. Right. Like, uh, oh, God, the guy who plays Dennis Reynolds in It's Always Sunny. I forget his name, but. I thought his whole portrayal of yeah, Howerton, the CEO. Glenn Howerton. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Howerton. Oh, I'm such an idiot. But no, I, his role to me, even though it wasn't meant to be funny, the way he portrayed the CEO was yeah. comedic. Especially Amazing. his interaction with the office people, the, the techies and stuff, yeah. was gold. Was gold. So you know what? I'll allow it. Cause, and I, I yeah, you kind of got me on this one a little bit. And I'll 
let you know when I go back to a different category. Well, I'll tell you what. It's kind of borderline, so I will I'll back off. How about that? Okay. I will I will go because I again like Stu, I was like I think no one's going to take my streaming original so I can hold off there. And there's a lot of options I think too. So I think you know what? I'm going to take actually my wild card now because I think Ooh. it's going to get dicey from there. I'm going to take the Iron Claw. Because oh, I know nice, Shane is going to get nice. pissed off. I'm just, I'm just trying to fuck with people now. I think with my <laughs> picks more than I'm picking with my heart. But yeah, the Iron Claw uh, is almost—it's uh, a story that I think the movie would have been even more, even better if it wasn't this story that is just so depressing and so much drama that it almost feels like no way this is plucked from real life, and. That's the only thing against it, because otherwise, the performances are great. Pacing's great. Okay, fine. The guy who played Ric Flair sucks. Oh, Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, I can't... But I he can't was clearly having a good time. Yes. Yes. And uh, their hair department need to work on that a little bit more, too, I think, because uh, it just looks like a like a poodle shit on his head. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. Uh, I've seen better stuff in RuPaul's Drag Race. So, uh, this movie, though, yeah, incredible performances between Zach Efron, uh Jeremy Allen White who's having like the top, you know, the <sighs> year of his life, anybody's career like he's just absolutely blowing up. Um Holt McEnany who I absolutely love as kind of the the centerpiece of uh you know the patriarch of this family uh that is just dominating and uh I God, just he's this heliocentric character who is so destructive. And there are moments in this movie when he gets kind of like a version of comeuppance is so much of a great payoff in this movie. Uh, and surprisingly, I think we we talked about this, Shane, right? Uh, is it Harris Dickinson? Uh, who we who was like I said from Triangle of Sadness and you're like, oh, don't you mean from what was the. What did you say? Murder, our, uh, the murder at the end. Murder at the end of the right, world. Murder at the end of the world, which I just uh, finished as well. So he was probably the one of the best, or at least yeah, the most surprising. Because right. um, yeah. yeah, he's a star. He's gonna he's gonna be much better. I would keep an eye out for him. But yeah, one of the most tragic stories, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, uh, and it's almost completely besides the point. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting look at the business of that on top of this insane family drama that is so tragic. It will make your head spin. So yeah, iron claw. I'm going to put that in my wild card. So you're up. And Shane. they took out a, they took out a brother's suicide. They did. They, they did, thought the movie yeah. wouldn't be realistic enough. So they just <laughs> left out that there was a whole nother brother who killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. How awful is that? My wife, I took her to see this movie on the strength of, you know, it's a wrestling movie, so I want to see it. And I knew about the Von Erics to a degree. And I said, oh, you'll like it because the guy from The Bear is in it. And she still to this day is like, you made me watch that god awful depressing movie. Like she liked it as a movie. <laughs> right. But she was like, God, it was depressing. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, um, I should have led with date night movie of the year. But uh, no, you yeah. know, I, I didn't. So I'm glad you put that in there, Stu. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> But Shane, you got a you got two picks up here, buddy. After I stole yeah, your iron claw, I'm gonna close out the animation comic book because I figured uh, the Spider-Man movie would be both your picks. Like that's everyone's number one. Sure. That was my number one, so I had to look elsewhere. And I actually saw this two times in the theater, and I enjoyed it. This I enjoyed it the first time, but I even enjoyed it uh, more the second time around. 
and that is uh, Seth Rogen's TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Sure, yeah. I, again, better the second time around. I love the animation style. It kind of took me like five minutes to get into the, the almost, I don't want to say janky. Is that a word? The jankiness of it? Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's got that style. We talked about it when we reviewed yeah. it, where it was like, so I, it's I just, the notebook, it's ca- child's notebook. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved it. I loved where it took them to their, be- like, as actual teenagers, like the first iteration, I can remember, like, they're actually teenagers. They've never been on a mission before. Yeah. This is, like, their start. Because, listen, I'm a big fan of TMNT, so I just feel like every other, uh, again, movie, animated, real, whatever film, not the Michael Bay crap, but the uh, 1990, 91 <laughs> version. Yes, yeah, Which yeah. I still love. Mm-hmm. It's like they're 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 adults. That, you know, to me, that's like they play, portray themselves as adults. So this is like them trying to find their footing. Um the, the voice work that of just I like the fact they actually got kids to do the voices to match up with their the ages they're supposed to be portraying in this movie. Yeah, I love the fact we don't we get a movie without Shredder in it, yeah. which I actually enjoyed. I heard there's he's going to be in the second one, which is fine. I'm just glad they went in a different direction as far as like the villain goes, the Superfly character, voiced perfectly by Ice Cube. Yeah, in, in this in this movie. But it had, you know, it was funny. It had a lot of humor in it. I liked the animation style. And I got over it. It did take me a while to get over the whole Splinter uh, character in this movie because they did change the origin of that. The first time I was like, oh, they did it. They went there. And I sat there and I missed some of the movies. I thought about, like, why would they do that? But, like, the second time, I'm like, all right, I get it. They want to, like, mix it up a little bit. And I was, gun to my head, I'm ultimately fine with it. But if I were to have a negative, that would be the only negative I have. And I even like to turn on April O'Neil. I like the whole total makeover on her character being a teenage reporter because that fits, you know, them wanting to go to high school. It's just a great movie. Uh, So, yeah, that is what I wanted to sneak into my animation comic book uh, movie of the year because it is one of the best comic book movies, animation movies of the year. So It is, yeah, completely unique. And and for the Turtleheads, the old school guys, like – all those extra villain characters were like gravy on top of it, everything yeah, else. Yeah, they, they were did. all the the lame characters from the cartoon. Yeah, I love like one yeah. episode yeah. and it, yeah. And who doesn't like when they close it out with Tribe Call Quest? Totally. Which I about yeah. got out of my seat. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'd be uh, interested to hear Stu's opinion on this movie since he's the. Uh, yeah, it's the I intersection of comic book and yeah, animated. Yeah. yeah, I had this as my number three in that category. It went Spider Verse, Guardians, and then this. I thought those were the the pretty clearly the top three. And I say that as somebody who loved Suzumi, who really liked the boy and the heron. Yeah, I was I about to say Suzume. Like, I thought was going to be your pick. Yeah, no, I really like Suzume. I mean, it may still be. I got a wild card. We'll see if Suzume comes up. True. But um, no, it's a really good movie. It's it's a great interpretation that we haven't seen. Like you said, we haven't really seen them acting like teenagers to this degree, where they're like, if you could call them teenagers in any interpretation we've seen before, they were like 18 or 19. Here right. we're dealing with solid, like, 13 14 year old kids how they would act if they were mutant turtles and i agree with you to a degree where i thought the splinter thing like that took me out of it for a while where he's just like a schlub yeah and he, he's not a ninja master and he taught them ninjutsu by watching videos on youtube yeah <laughs> but it's it's just so wildly entertaining and i like what they did with april and her storyline on this one and how she saves the day by going on the news and managing not to throw up at the end and that's uh, right. <laughs> and that's uh, AOU Berry, right? Like yes. from the bear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, don't forget, she was in Bottoms as well. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I, I ignored that one. Or Theater Camp. <laughs> well, we, we did this last time. Theater Camp is what you're supposed to say, Shane. Sorry. So, Sorry. So Sorry. we don't go crazy. Although I think, Stu, didn't you like Bottoms? I'm... I love Bottoms. Yeah. I thought Bottoms oh. was fantastic. And well, I know it was Joey. Nice you yeah, you're cutting out, nice Stu. Uh, Sorry. You're cutting yeah. out. We're losing I you. know uh, Joey from So Wizard has Bottoms as his number one of the year. That's insane. Oh, God. That's what bad. is wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he should have had us on his worst of. I think that they just recorded that. Would, uh, it would have been great to see his head explode. He would have been very upset. He yeah. would have been real. Which is upset. probably why. You know, yeah, <laughs> we don't get the call for that. That's fine. Uh, but you, uh, where are we? So Shane, you have one more, right? Yeah, I do. And uh, this is the. I had a hard time with this category because it wasn't a great year for comedies, and uh, I had a real tough time with this one because I'm not in. No offense to you guys, but I don't like putting like something like American fiction and comedy or the holdovers in comedy. Yes, it has comedic moments and it's it's you know has its scenes and stuff. But sure, I like to put comedy comedies in this uh, category. Good for and, you, man. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> stand and, by your values. Yeah, yeah I stand by it. And it was so hard when you think about the comedy. There goes the air quotes again. The comedy comedies <laughs> that came out this year because there wasn't a ton of them. There, there really wasn't. Yeah. And I'm going with one that no, it's not a great movie. It's not. A, it's not even really a good movie, but oh, it was the oh, best. <laughs> it was like the best of the comedy comedies that I thought was out, and I'm going. <laughs> And there's for one scene, maybe only, and that's no hard feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah, okay. This movie wasn't bad. I didn't. No, think it this wasn't movie bad, was bad. But at like, all. it's like compared to like what you guys are picking, it's like you know, it's it's down there. Uh, but yeah, I it, haven't it, picked it, mine yet, dork. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, listen, I'm gonna guess you're gonna go kind of like in the stew category here. You're gonna put this intellectual movie that has comedic moments in your category. I don't know. You might have uh, sw- you know. Made me uh, come up with some kind of, you know, pride in the category as a person <laughs> who was a stand-up comic for 10 years. I might have to right. be like, let's let's do more studio comedies. Let's right. do it, you know. But, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, I love watching her on screen. She's a great, you know, dr- dramatic actress, but she does have comedic chops. Unfortunately, like, I think she's funnier in interviews and, like, outtakes yeah. and stuff like that. But She's crazy. I thought yeah. That- yeah, she's crazy, and I love the uh, her co-star here, uh, who plays Percy Andrew Barth Feldman. I thought they had good chemistry. Now, I did go in thinking this was gonna be more of like an American Pie, a little raunchier, and they did have their moments, so it didn't go full on like I thought they would. But I, and honestly, like I partially put this in there because of the whole nude beach scene. Like, come of on, like it's Jennifer yeah. Lawrence naked, no. <laughs> But no, she's funny and she's fine. And I thought her and Percy were great together. And Matt, the whole parent helicopter parents uh, led by Matthew Broderick. I thought he was funny in this, like the interaction between him and their son and wanting to go to Princeton and stuff. Yeah. But it had heart with Maddie wanting to save her mom's house and moving on and, 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 you know, just kind of being stuck in the town she's stuck in and kind of grows at the end of it. it. It had enough laughs for me. So this was the best comedy comedy that i could find for the year and i did like it i don't want to like bash like oh this is terrible again comparatively speaking to like what we have on the board and what we've been talking about you know it's not gonna you know win any prizes as you can tell by the golden globes with her being up yeah so but no yeah the golden globes is like championing the stew uh effect of these type of things where you know the holdovers like completely destroyed everybody because they put this in there in the same way i don't understand even though yes it is funny at times 
the bear being in comedy makes it no fucking sense. Yeah, whatsoever. it blows my. It, it makes no sense. So, just to wrap it up, the my secondary choice in this sh- would have been the Quiz Lady. So I was going between Quiz Lady and this film, but I, I find this film just a little funnier at times. Yeah, I I think there's other studio comedies, but those are two very good examples. So, you know, if I you know, decide to go in the route of it, I'm really at such a you know crossroads now. You're you're almost putting me you know put me on the map into what the comedy category is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah I'm calling you out. Yeah, I'm so. like uh, Kurt Russell in Tombstone. I just smacked you. So yeah. you're gonna skin that smoke wagon. You're gonna skin that smoke wagon. Or you're gonna stand there and bleed. Yeah. Oh, probably the bleed. Um, so, <laughs> but at least, but at least I'm up. So that's good. And I will probably punt comedy to the end just so I can think about it a little bit more because I'm a chump. <laughs> uh, but yeah, round six for me. I'm gonna go streaming original. Even again, I don't think Stu's gonna grab this from me. But uh, it's my number one movie of my Netflix top five of the year that I just put out a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, I don't understand why this movie is getting raked, uh, in certain circles on, uh, on, you know, the, the cinephiles on Twitter, film, Twitter, people, all that stuff. I don't get it whatsoever. Uh, this is Maestro, uh, from Bradley Cooper. I thought he's absolutely excellent in this movie. Uh, him, Carrie Mulligan, it's such a deep cast. Sarah Silverman's excellent in this movie too. Uh, so is Maya Hawke. There are certain scenes here. I've I've talked about this at great length in multiple episodes, so I won't go crazy. But it's made me shed a tear every time I've watched it. I've watched this in the theater. I watched this at home. It works in every single version. I think uh, the type of story, uh, type of storyline they did. I don't know enough about Leonard Bernstein in and out to be like you robbed X Y Z of his story or his legacy or any of these things. I thought they did an excellent job in terms of giving enough of the music, enough of the talent, enough of all that on top of his complicated home life and everything else. And there's so much to like in this movie. And if you want to read more, read my freaking articles, but I won't, you know, you know, do anything here uh, anymore, but cause I've talked about it at great length, but yeah, maestro. Uh, I think anybody who wins in the acting court categories or please recognize Bradley Cooper as a goddamn excellent director. Cause he's two for two. Uh, to me, and, and it's incredible that he doesn't get talked up more. Well, to quickly summarize your your pick there, and I support it. Even I voluntarily watched R- this movie and liked it. Yeah, that's it all. That's all you should need to know. Exactly. Yeah, especially like I, you've been kind enough in my old uh, podcast, like my Netflix original movie podcast that I had, where it was like <laughs> watching Power of the Dog, you know. And I was like, "Wow!" And then you'd surprise me and be like, "I also watched The Lost Daughter." I'd be like, "The fuck you did!" So like, you're getting better, buddy. You're getting way better. It's growth. Yeah. It's growth, buddy. Exactly. It's growth. You don't have to like everything, but it's good that you're taking chances. I appreciate you, buddy. That's all. That's all that matters. Um, but yeah, so that's my streaming pick and Stu. You have your last two, buddy. Bringing it I home do. for your picks. So I'm going to go with my streaming original first, and I'm going to... You guys both pick a Netflix movie. I'm going to actually go over... I want to say this was on Hulu, if I recall correctly, but it is Rye Lane. Yeah, we, we uh, talked about yeah, how much we, we liked this loved movie. It, yeah. yeah, another great movie. Could have been a comedy. Uh, just... I, I feel like I'm appealing to the same group of people over and over again because I took past lives and the holdovers right. in Rye Lane. I feel like it's the same people like all of these movies, but 
Oh, I just, I, I got so us? into this movie. Always <laughs> <laughs> well, me. And, I'll say me. And you hear people say, like, the setting is a character in a movie. And I feel yeah. like a lot of times that's overblown or people are just saying it to sound clever. But this was a movie where I really felt like the settings to every single scene were a character in the movie. Everything yeah. that was going on around these characters while they were walking through their town. Oh, I, I I love the scene where they go out and have dinner with his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend, who was his former best friend. Yeah. And she she's like, oh, I can see why you're with him. He's handsome, but he seems dumb like a bag of rocks. And I, <laughs> I, I think this was a really big downgrade for you. And the ex-girlfriend's like, aren't you going to say anything to her for or defend me? And she's like, what? She called me handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, nah. he was probably my favorite part. Every time that he was in there, he was so good at being so I dumb. I'll tell you the scene I really liked was when uh, they were in the backyard and she left him alone with the older folk. <laughs> yeah, and, like, they got a, they got a hold of his uh, his music you know, collection. Yeah, his music collection. Yeah, <laughs> I freaking loved it, man. What was it? Yeah, the was the Sade stuff where that guy was like dancing and singing to yeah. himself in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's so a great. Yeah, pick that's too. my that's yeah. my streaming original pick. I'm going with that. And boy. <laughs> I've got to be completely honest. I'm going to let you two bully me out of my uh, my wildcard pick because my wildcard pick was going to be bottoms. Oh, oh, <laughs> and I'm no, gonna, no, dude, and I'm gonna go let with yourself, man. <sighs> no, you know what? I'm going with it. I loved bottoms. I thought bottoms was hilarious. I think, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel. Oh, what's her name? Senate. Senate. Yeah, I think she's hilarious. I loved her in this. I loved her in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. A.O. Edebrary, I think she was great in this. I don't know. I had a ton of fun with this. And it was another one where I had a really good theater experience. And I think that enhanced the movie to me where I went sure. in. It was a packed theater. Everybody laughed when they were supposed to laugh during the movie. Everybody seemed really into it. So I feel bad you guys didn't like this movie at all. <laughs> it's fun. I I really got a kick out of it. So, yeah, you know what? I am going to go with Bottoms. <laughs> You're not the only one, dude. We're the I'm people get, on the island, so don't gonna worry about it. Yeah. I'm going to get me the Joey vote. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies, and we talked about it at great length. It, it could have gone that way, Stu, because the rest mm -hmm. of the people in my theater were also enjoying themselves. Uh, much younger cry it simultaneously made me feel like an idiot and old like i just didn't i was like what is happening uh <laughs> you know it was one of those like are you serious moments uh when i was in the theater so i could have come around and been like oh all right yeah people are into this i'm like riding the wave no never rid rode that wave at all i was not in even when i thought marshawn lynch was very funny um yes, which goes yeah. right into your uh your Seattle stuff. <laughs> yeah. So good for you. But did you guys uh, yeah. see, an, I, and I don't know, you guys still have two picks. Maybe one of you will pick it for something, but there was another movie that came out this year called polite society. Did you guys end up seeing I that? I did not see that. I saw it. I thought it was fine. This, yeah, this reminded me kind of that, and maybe that's why you didn't like Polite Society as much either. I like the stuff where everything just gets completely blown out of reality. You have this yeah. movie that seems like it's based around these characters that are in school and everything should be grounded and normalized, but then it kind of almost like Scott Pilgrim's out and becomes like this weird extravagant thing with fight scenes that aren't based in reality whatsoever. And yeah. so I really enjoyed both of those movies for that premise i just think bottoms was a little bit funnier 
And boy, the action sequence at the end, I got such a kick out of whenever they just like brutalize the opposing football team. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I I, I, I can't follow you. But I can't. What, yeah. Yeah. Especially at the end. That that really bothered me more than anything. But like, because <laughs> my thing was, is that. I love outlandish comedies like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up on, you know, the Zucker Brothers, Farley Brothers and you name it. And I'm all for it. I just thought it was splattered on a canvas versus like as clever as some of those other people were. And there was no anchor. I can handle some anchor because even if you're trying to tether this to something like Heather's or other like kind of dark, weird high school comedies like there's nothing like it, and I would almost say for good reason, because no one <laughs> no one should make a movie like this. It's too scatterbrained. There's nothing to really hold on to. But again, to each his own. Um, and, and I went into that movie thinking I was going to love it. So mm-hmm. uh, it really caught me off guard how much I didn't like it. So, But I have other friends in my life. They all love it, too. So, yeah, Shane and I are on the on an island. Uh, but thank God Shane didn't like it because we might have broken up. That, it it, it, it <laughs> might have gotten ugly. We've right. been pretty good this year where we've been pretty close on what we like and don't like about yeah, the movie had, so far. Yeah, we- yeah, we never had a big indifference like that. So, yeah, yeah it's a good thing. That could have gone ugly real bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just... I don't. I don't even want to talk about this movie. But um, <laughs> I just felt like I was in the Matrix. Like, did I take the wrong pill? Like, what? That's that's also. I took the right. wrong pill. I should. Yeah, I should just stay in the Matrix. We've all had movies like that, man. We've yeah. all had movies right. where <laughs> the most recent one for me. It wasn't last year. It was two years ago. But the most recent one for me was Pearl. Like, I came out of Pearl. I know you like, hated that movie. That movie was a joke, right? Like, nobody's going to take that movie seriously. And then it has, like, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and people love it. And I just, I've had those experience, man, where I just feel like, did the, was the version of the movie I saw broken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, again, I don't want to relitigate Pearl either. But, like, you know, <laughs> I thought, again, like, I was surprised at how high <clears throat> the scores were were yeah. on that even though i liked it on some level you I, I can imagine again you would have been ours to bottoms where it's like what do you mean it has a 4.2 out of 5 that's better than fucking oppenheimer or whatever <laughs> or the same as oppenheimer i'm like for a weirdo comedy are you out of your mind so yeah i think it was it was good for the people who like for people who saw it and nobody liked it you either loved it or hate it and there was yeah. just a better percentage of love so there you go um so yeah, that's that wraps up your pick, sir. I will wrap up mine now. I still have comedy left, Shane. <laughs> Moment of truth, buddy. And here I'll tell you, I'll I'll do it. I won't do the the prestige version of you're gonna, it. You're gonna skin your smoke wagon, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna do a straight studio comedy that I liked a lot more than I thought I uh, would when I put it on. I will put Joyride in in comedy for me because that movie is awesome and that movie is hilarious and it's it's got heart on top of it like it's sneaky heart uh all the like the all the performances were excellent obviously uh almost all or all uh asian cast uh a lot of you know, a lot of the good moments, yes, were in the trailer, but I was surprised of how much more they had in the tank. Because uh, obviously, modern comedies—that's always an issue. Yeah. Uh, well, it's you mentioned Ashley Park and Steph, uh, Stephanie Shu. Like, 
obviously Stephanie Shu was riding high off of everything everywhere all at once and didn't disappoint in this one as well. I was surprised how much I liked Sherry Cola in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Lolo and she uh, is also in a movie that I think is just coming to streaming as well. Shortcomings, which is Randall Park's uh, debut feature. And just even from the trailer of that, I'm like, she's got something. I like her a lot. And I, she's one of those people I'm just going to keep track of going forward because I think she's hilarious and like has this dry wit and and really stood out in such a really good cast and joyride that I think I will I will look forward to whatever she's got in store coming forward. So, um, but yeah. Really good movie, one of the best studio comedies I've seen in a while, and a a really good final act that gets more emotional than I was probably prepared for. So, yeah, even though this isn't uh, me cheating with putting an awards movie basically in here, I thought about putting Poor Things would have been my choice if that was the case uh, to kind of be the prestige pick of of a comedy, uh, or even Blackberry, obviously, if I wanted to put it there too. Um, but yeah, I have no problem, Shane, putting, uh, putting joy right here in comedy. Good for you, buddy. I'm proud of you. I'm, proud I'm of not, you. I have, I normally have no principles, uh, but I, I don't know what came over me. I'll probably, I'll probably delete this part of the podcast, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, it's the good thing about Fill being the editor. Later. Yeah. Be like, <laughs> pick redacted. Uh, you know, if you hear that when, uh, it comes in there and then see a different result online when I put the results out, then you know what happened. So, but yeah, that is my last pick. Shane, you have one more, buddy. You have yeah, your wild card, wild right? Card. Yeah. And you did take uh, my number two and three choices. Uh, Blackberry would have been my number two. I didn't take it, buddy. Si- it's on the board. I Well, no, yeah, that's right. We talked about it. But quick side note, they turned that into a miniseries on AMC. Yeah, recently. I was upset about that. Yeah, I know. But still. Uh, <laughs> then you, did, you did take Iron Claw. But I did. At the end, I knew no one would touch this movie. It was my number one movie at the beginning of the year. It's my number one movie at the end of the year. And that is Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Wow. It's I, number number one, you said? Yes. It's my favorite movie of the year. Wow. I absolutely freaking love this movie. It's not your typical Guy Ritchie film. It's more straightforward. Guy, Probably the most straightforward film he's done, maybe in his career, but it's the best movie he's done since Snatch by a landslide. You get away from his, like, everyone has those directors where you know you're watching a certain director by his style. So you get away from his, I don't want to say gimmicky, but, like, his gimmicky, the way he shoots his action. You get away from that, and this is more a straight-on movie. It's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Dar Salaam. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It takes place during the Afghan War in 2018. It's a different look at the uh, the war in Afghanistan. It's about the interpreters and the soldiers, the interpreters that are being attached to their units and kind of like what they go through on their missions. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal is, I don't want to say he's underrated. He might be properly rated, <laughs> but man, this is probably one of his best performances because he is so intense in this movie. I just, you, uh, just such a great film. So anyway, he gets tasked on this mission, gets injured, and his interpreter has to like put him on a stretcher and get him across like a hundred miles of Afghan terrain while they're being hunted down by the Taliban. And most of Jake Gyllenhaal scenes are in the stretcher. So kudos for him for kind of laying out for the middle act of this film. Yeah. He's secretly all, yeah. not the star. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dar Salaam who yeah. I've never seen in anything before. Yeah. Just knocks it out as a med and he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but it's all stoic 
quiet performance. You can see it in his face, just what he goes through. And most war films are divisive, right? They're like, oh, America. But, you know, it kind of gives you a different look at how we kind of fuck these interpreters after we pulled out. Yeah. And the basis is Jake Gyllenhaal, through his interpreter, gets home and they won't get his family out like they promised. So he takes it upon himself to just re-inject himself in there to to save his interpreter's life because he owes him his life and he can't sleep. And he goes through all this different range of emotions because he can't rest until he pays his debt to his interpreter. But just great performance. I thought the score and the music was just fantastic. The action scenes they did have, because they do have some like in the in the beginning and of course at the very end, I just thought was just unbelievable. Everything about this movie is just top notch for me. And again, I love Guy Ritchie. I'm an unabashed fan of Guy Ritchie, but this is his best film since Snatch. And it's on Amazon Prime right now. If you haven't seen it, it's been on Prime for about a month or two. So I would check it out. So I'm closing out. And I left this for last. I knew you guys wouldn't take this movie for me. And it's not going to garner me any votes on the X-verse or Twitterverse. But I'm going with The Covenant, man. I'm, I stand by it, man. No, nope. hell, Jake Gyllenhaal. This was great movie. This was a coin flip for me, Shane. I almost picked this. It was between that and the Iron Claw. It was literally I, of what I, I, I had come, left. Yeah, I would have come right through my damn laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew either one would piss you off, so I kind of went with uh, the Iron Claw. There, just it didn't matter. But yeah, you know how much I like this movie too. It's so funny. You were just like nobody's gonna pick this. I almost did, and that oh, would have been I hilarious. Think. Uh, For your health, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. We both love this movie. We spoke glowingly of it when we had, uh, talked about it on the podcast. I believe this was in both our top fives and mid-seasons. So, you know, obviously it's one of the better movies of the year in our eyes. Uh, deeper cast than you, like people you didn't even bring up, like Johnny Lee Miller and Anthony Starr yeah. uh, from The Boys uh, doing a real asshole turn that is great. Uh, right, yes. right, in, right before you get into that last act. And, ooh, yeah. Real good stuff, man. Uh, but yeah, real comeback movie for Guy Ritchie, uh, especially after I did not really like, what was it, Operation... Guy, whatever. It was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, now I can't even remember it. But yeah, the other Jason Statham 2023 movie that he had that I did not enjoy, uh, even though Josh Hartnett was a nice welcome person to see again. But yeah, that movie is not good. So got the other Josh Hartnett movie this year. Yeah, Oppenheimer. He's great in yeah. Oppenheimer, so I'm great. I'll, I'll take it all day. So And good. Let him get more work, man, because uh, his career kind of just petered off. So yeah, yeah hopefully strong, uh, this yeah. means he can get something else because, yeah, he was excellent in Oppenheimer. So no no shade there. He was part of that deep cast. So, um, But excellent job, guys. We did it. Seven categories, 21 movies picked, and I'm sure we probably still have stuff sitting in front of us going, God damn it, how didn't I... Mm -hmm. I put this in, uh, Stu, because you're our guest. If there was probably like one or two movies that you could have picked, what is what is like the first cuts? I guess of what you could have put in there. Uh, a strong movie I almost considered for the wild card, but I didn't end up taking was uh, "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." Good movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good movie. And you mentioned earlier how much I like Suzume. Whenever I was throwing that out there for comics uh, and animation, yeah, I really like that movie. I love. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the director. I'm blanking on it. I keep thinking Miyazaki, but he did Boy in the Heron. Yes, it was the guy who did Your Name and Weathering with You, and now with Suzume, he just has three movies in a row that all floored me. Yeah, I know uh, you love but, Your Name, right? 
Oh, I loved your name. Yeah. I watched your name and just friggin' ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But, you know, ultimately, I didn't think Suzume would get me any votes. So I left it off the list. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's tough, right? You want to play the mm. game, but you also want to go with your heart. So, you know, I'm glad you picked something shitty like Bottoms, you son of a bitch. No, I'm just going to keep doing that until it gets old. Uh, Shane, did you have something like hard cuts? I know you mentioned some of them like your black. Yeah, no, I don't have any hard cuts. The cuts I had were someone else picked up and talked about. So I don't have anything like out the box that I would uh, put in there. I Well, OK, I almost put Creed three in there for my blockbuster. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought for a trip when we talked about it, I thought for a trilogy, it was a very good entry into the Creed series. So that would have been a movie I was really considering for my blockbuster would have been Creed three. So that's probably my hardest cut. And that was the hardest category was my was the blockbuster category for me. That was by far the hardest category to kind of like narrow down for sure. Yeah, I, I only have probably a couple because, again, we mentioned so many of them. Um May December was right up there uh, with the uh, streaming stuff. You know, that would have been a good any of those like the top five that I had in my article. If anyone wants cares to read it, Netflix top five of the year on what's on Netflix dot com. Yeah, Shane, what's up? Oh, I was going to say you since about Netflix film. I forgot. I really enjoyed the reptile. So I almost put that in there. Yeah, reptile. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah. like, you know, it would have garnered me no votes. So I got to partially yeah. play play the game. That's why I've been losing lately. Because I always go by my heart. My <laughs> list looks so shitty. Like, right. what the hell is he doing? Sure. But yeah, the reptile, surprisingly, I really liked for Netflix original movie. Yeah, they had a really good year. I can't complain. Like a lot of people uh, got upset with me with certain movies I left off my top five. But for good reason, like there's probably at least 10 to 12 really solid movies from Netflix this year. You know, I could have yeah, speaking of which one that hasn't come up. Uh, they clone Tyrone. I really like, yeah, for that sure. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, fair play, fair play was a good one. Yeah. Extraction mm-hmm. two. Um, yep. you know, uh, they, and you already mentioned the killer in yours, leave the world behind magician's elephant. If anybody's into, uh, animation, hasn't seen that. I I've been preaching that one all year. So excellent stuff. Um, but yeah, we mentioned, uh, holdovers and such. I almost wanted to put like an international category in here just for funsies too. And if I did, uh, you know, outside of like Godzilla minus one, you know, anatomy of fall, uh, is doing a great job too. So I would probably put it, put that out there. Um, yeah, great job guys. Um, you know, uh, we have so many more movies that we've loved this year. Go back and listen to some of our reviews. Um, go uh, read Stu's reviews that he's been putting, and including uh, part of my impetus for having you on is that you've been starting to put out your like what top thirty or top fifty. Top I 50. started from yeah. I started from number fifty, and I'm doing ten at a time. It was fifty to forty one, et cetera, all the way until I get to my top ten of the year, which comes out on the twenty third. I want to say it will be the top ten. Excellent. Yeah, and I'm sure, obviously, a lot of them have come up today, so that's that's great job. Um, just to recap uh, for everybody before we put the – we'll put the results online sometime this week. You know, obviously, we want people to listen to this first, and then we'll we'll get the votes to, to know how much I won by. But, Stu, uh, <laughs> Stu, your picks were Barbie and Blockbuster, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, an animated comic book movie, Past Lives, an awards contender – the holdovers in comedy, cheater, piece of shit. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead Rise in horror or sci-fi. Rylane in streaming. Check that out on Hulu. 
uh, and Bottoms, uh, the worst movie of the year in Wild Card. So congratulations. Um, Which is going to win him the draft. It probably will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that. That's that's why it's a wild card. You know, it's that last little bit that put him over the edge. Uh, Shane, your selections were John Wick 4 in Blockbuster, When Evil Lurks in Horror Sci-Fi, The Killer in Streaming, American Fiction in Awards Contender, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem in animated comic book movie no hard feelings in comedy the way it should be no I'm just kidding uh and the, <laughs> the covenant uh from guy Ritchie in your wild card my picks for anyone who is writing an article on how great i am uh oppenheimer <laughs> in blockbuster godzilla minus one in horror sci-fi mission impossible dead reckoning part one in awards contender guardians three Volume 3 in animated comic book movie, The Iron Claw in Wild Card, Maestro in streaming, and Joyride, yeah, Stu, yeah. in comedy. <laughs> I like Joyride. I, I got no issues with Joyride whatsoever. I just... We didn't get to Shane's de facto, this is what comedies were until after I picked the whole It's true. So it's this true. all came after me. Yes. So that's what makes great humor, man. That's what makes for great jokes <laughs> that we will use every time. Hopefully we have you on again. Uh, real quick, plug. I already did the plugs in the beginning. Anything else you want to plug while you're out there for people to check out? Nope. Got the Stew World Order podcast where we review random comic book movies with our guest. Andrew's been on, what, at least, what, once or twice? Just the once. I'd love to come back. Just I think once. I was the first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, shit. I will have you back on again. Yeah, I love it. We'll have to have Shane on sometime, too. Yeah. And the, the website is swoproductions.com. Excellent. Great job by you, Stu. Great job by you, Shane, as always. It was a great year in movies. I, I was, I'm was i just marveling at it. Definitely the best since 2019. That's not even a debate, but probably one of the best of this here century. So good stuff. Everybody, go out there. Do the right thing. Give us five-star reviews. Tell a friend. Uh, tell all of Stu's friends uh, now that he's here. Uh, if you're listening because of Stu, hello. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us. Tell other people how great we are. And uh, be sure to come back next week for more recent activity. <laughs>